This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. Welcome, listener, to an episode like you've never heard before, except for on episode uh, 247, Quarantine TV Time, episode 103, The Finale Countdown, episode 73, The Pilot Program, episode 10, Lost and Found in Translation, and episode 3, Achievement Unlocked, Out of Your Depth. Hey, at least it's been a while since we've talked about TV. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. A little redundant. It's fine. Wow, Zach, you just insulted our guest. Um, <laughs> I'm very offended. Uh, I've never been Big- on for any one of these shows, so I'm hey, cool welcome. With it. You're here for the first time, too. Welcome yeah. to Big I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. And we'd also like to welcome our guest, Braden Winterton. He is a patron of Bacon Cell. He's a friend of ours, and we're happy to have him here on the show. Braden, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and, and tell tell the listener about who you are. I'm Braden Winterton, as was already stated. I'm from Utah, live down in Santa Quin, so nice. you know, a ways away from the Bacon Cave. Yeah. and It's a mysterious location, it, by the way, it, so keep it under wraps. It's a very mysterious location. Yes. I mean, we have a tunnel leading to, directly well, to Santa and, Quin. And the blindfold was really weird. I wasn't expecting that. Made out of bacon. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. it burn? I mean, a little bit, but I mean, it tasted good later. So, yeah. You know, we need, I told you we needed not cook the bacon before using it. <laughs> Sorry. I, I mean, you, you, you that. Raw bacon you feels wrong. Like, at least let it cool down, right? Yes. I mean, that, was a little, that was a little rude. Next time. Um, Jokes are cute. And love bacon sale. Been listening to it for a little over two years now. So Nice. It's good stuff. Braden approached us with an idea for a show. Uh, we're going to be talking to here in a little bit. But before we do, we'd it's like to thank you for listening to our last show. Oh, yes. Our We Ate Everything at Subway show. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> did we. My my favorite thing is in other food shows, we talk about food and we go, oh, that we're so glad we're done. That was so gross. And then day off, everyone says, hey, I went to Burger King. Yeah. Hey, what's hey, went to Wendy's? We're like, why? Why did you do that? Did people do that this time around? I did not oh, see one not single comment from people saying, oh, after you talked about Subway, I went to Subway. <laughs> Almost every comment was like, oh, yeah, I don't eat there either. And I'm like, but we, it, but it, we ate the whole menu for you. Yeah, I'm going to continue not eating there. Uh, I think uh, on Twitter at Foxes Foxes had a funny one. This may be the first We Ate Everything episode where I actually feel bad for you guys. There you go. Which is funny because yeah. you Burger told King. You, yeah. we told people, hey, we're eating everything at McDonald's. They're like, oh, that sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. But you say we're eating everything at Subway. People are like, oh, going to eat fresh then. Yeah. Like it, but, <laughs> but still, no one cares above that. But it's the yeah. number one fast food franchise. Just based on how many locations There's there are. There's just so many of them, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then over on Instagram, Tehoa said, this is a fun episode. However, it did not make me want to eat at Subway. Like, See? What, what is wrong? It? What did we do differently in the last show? Because we always talk about how gross and how terrible yeah, these challenges are. several times in the show, but, but people still go. Know. This one, people said, eh, I'm good. I don't I really know. I don't also understand. appreciate Joel when you put it out on the social media you asked you know what's your go-to order and I then uh, Tim Behunen said that his go-to order was the Thanksgiving sandwich at Capriati's which is just, <laughs> just a totally different restaurant <laughs> yeah we thank you for your feedback and uh, we look forward to possibly doing another menu quest down the road yeah we'll see we, we got to break to. for a bit we're compelled yeah we are but because we have a guest here we have time for a question. Yes, we do. So, Brayden, you've, you've listened to Bacon Cell before. Yeah, once or twice. Uh, we're going to ask you a series of 11 questions. Rapid fire answers. You don't have to have a strong opinion. You just are going to make one of us mad. So, <laughs> Both perfect. of us mad, most just likely. Answer as quickly perfect. as possible. Are you ready? Absolutely. Which is better, Karate Kid or Karate Kid 2? Karate Kid 2. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which is worse, Star Wars Episode 1 or Star Wars Episode 2? Mm, definitely Episode 2. Do you rate movies using stars or letter grades? Stars. Which is the more America movie, Rocky IV or Independence Day? Independence Day, hands down. 
Oh, is, not hands down. Go hands ahead. down. Uh, is Never Before Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? 100% a Christmas movie. <laughs> Buffy or X-Files? Ooh, X-Files. Okay. <laughs> Lord of the Rings or Star Wars? Ooh, that's a hard one. I'm going to have to go Lord of the Rings. Okay. Which movie is more Christmassy, Die Hard or Lethal Weapon? Lethal Weapon. Ha! He's lying. People know. People know. <laughs> One person has said Lethal Weapon. And I love you for it. Uh, Phantom of the Opera or Les Miserables? Les Mis. Okay. Labyrinth or Neverending Story? Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days or 10 Things I Hate About You? 10 Things I Hate About You. <sighs> I don't know how to feel. You're mostly Team Joel. <laughs> I don't know how to feel because there was someone there that I was, but I'm just so happy. You got lethal weapon I know, for that's the first time ever. That's a win. <laughs> you just got to have a win once in a while. Today. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. But that's not what we're Thank you, Braden. Thank you, Braden. That's not what we're talking about today, though. What are we talking about today, Zach? We are delving into the world of TV, specifically TV series. Yes. Yes. And, and you mentioned in your intro that we have talked about TV before, but it's funny, like, we rarely do. And granted, when we do, we make it a thing, but we talk about movies so much. You do. So we, much. That yeah, when we're that's like, the thing. If, if if I listed all of the episodes that are about movies, we'd be here. Well, the full episode of Bacon that would Sam. be the full episode. Yeah. Right. Well, and, not, and not all those episodes. Like one of them about one of them was about TV TV adaptations. We've done ones about pilots. We've done one about finales. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, if if anything, this is a, like a spiritual sequel to episode three. Episode three, which was back in April two thousand fifteen. Wow, the lunch and break so days. I said when I there guess, was a fifty minute show. But uh, Braden, when you said this idea, we're like, great, let's do it. And then I was like, guys, this is really close. And then Zach said, I think after three hundred episodes, you can you know rehash some. Yeah, you can do a soft, soft reboot, reboot your show. <laughs> soft reboot yeah. But the thing is, it was funny because listen, we we looked at the, we created a series of categories, twelve categories, mm-hmm. and then we looked at them, and I went back and listened to episode three, being like, please don't let there be any crossover, and there wasn't. Normally in category shows, uh, at least similar themed ones, we try not to reuse like a show, for example. Yeah. This one because it's been a while, we're gonna try to not reference as much as we've used before I, because there's like the big shows of all time. Yeah. That's and I, I did my best to try to not repeat the ones that we've talked about over but and over again. But there will be overlap for sure. Yes. Because the thing is, some of these just fit so well. Yes. Yes. Brayden, you're not held to that standard. Oh, that's fine. Nor I, I know I'm going to have it, really. a little bit of overlap, especially on one of the categories. It's but just if right. we, good. But in this episode, if we use something, we can't use it for a second category. Correct. Right. So, Zach, would you care to lead us down the primrose path of television categories, please? First, we're going to start off with the one with the best standalone episodes. I also like how all these categories start with the one with in reference to friends. Thank yes. you for that, Brayden. You're very job, welcome. Braden. It's very the great. Funny. One of the greats, right? Yep. So, Brayden, you're our guest. Why don't you go first on this one? Okay. On this one, I'm definitely going to have to go with BBC's Sherlock. Mm, it's yes. just ah, so good. No, it's the show with the best standalone episodes not the show with 10 episodes altogether. Uh no 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 they are the best standalone No I'm episodes. telling you each each episode is like an hour and a half long it's like a movie it oh, literally yeah. stands on its Wait, own. It does. Joel what are the rules about disagreeing with guests again? Don't do it. I'm disagreeing with you. <laughs> that's saying I want to disagree with Braden real quick, but oh, okay. I will. I will be kind. No, 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 no. I want to. Let's hear. The yeah, no. But please no, tell no, me no. about Sherlock and tell the listener about okay, Sherlock well, as well. Sherlock is a great show. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend. Benedict Cumberbatch plays Sherlock. Well Holmes. done on the name. Thank you. And he's just amazing. I mean, I yeah, think he's, he's easily my favorite Sherlock. Yeah, and well, Martin Freeman Martin as well. Martin Freeman is, Martin Freeman is so in it as well. Yep. Dr. Watson. Yep, it's Dr. Watson. And and yeah, it's just very well done. There is there is some overarching story through all the seasons, but... And there are four seasons altogether, right? There are right? four seasons altogether, yeah. And, and they a were really, really horrible movie. Out. 
diminishing right. returns. Though. Yeah. yeah, you get into the yeah. end of that, and those last couple seasons, they yeah, yeah, the last three seasons were pretty horrible. Mm, <laughs> no, disagree. Yeah, the episodes are based a lot on yeah. books. They just modernize them a bit. Like the Hound yeah. of the Baskervilles has a completely different feel yep. to it. Yeah, so. and so yeah, I mean, it's just very well done. Moriarty is like phenomenal yes it's quite good oh yeah zach have you seen this full series i have seen uh the first three seasons okay okay you're good the, uh, what, what yeah everything before the special where they go the back in time or whatever times or whatnot yeah yeah, oh, yeah. I, I never saw that and anything after that you're fine you're good. Uh, but i yeah i very much enjoyed uh the first two seasons except for the hounds of baskerville episode i, I feel like, like the one. middle episode on each season because there's only three mini movies in each season yes the middle yeah. episode is always the weakest by far yeah that's probably true but the first Mo- and last like the opener and closer oh was really good oh yeah Mor- moriarty is uh is a draw for me too he's yeah uh, that that uh, what's his name andrew scott andrew scott, andrew yes. scott yeah uh, he is a draw he's awesome oh so he does show. he does so good i mean he like even even just inside of the show right he plays like five different characters because there's you know in the very i mean i don't know it's maybe getting a little spoilery yeah we're in the beginning beginning, you don't know who he is Mm -hmm. and and he kind of just like takes on these totally different personas based on he's great what he's trying to do and Mm -hmm. and is phenomenal acting so you said so because this is standalone episodes do you have like personal favorites see i actually personally really like hounds of baskerville i think that's oh really okay yeah i thought it was a good one hot take i also feel like kind of on the you know yes i i agree with the first and the last episode of the season are the best like strength wise mm-hmm. but i also feel like they're the most likely to involve the overarching plot line right like right. moriarty always comes in in the last episode you're always getting some of those so the best standalone episode tends to be the middle episode because we're really not getting a lot of overarching okay. story there. right i think it's a great choice all right so i'm gonna go next uh, i went with the twilight zone Ooh. oh that's one of your favorites it's, it's, the old it's, one. i almost used that one okay and it's it's a cheat. That's kind of a cheat. It yeah. is a, a cheat. Little bit. I'm going with the straight up anthology series. It, I guess it is cheating because each episode is a different story. There's no that overarching true, yeah. element no. in Twilight Zone. Which the only fine. thing that continues is Rod Serling. It's a TV show. I don't think this is a cheat at all. Okay. It's a TV so show. It's okay. It's okay. It's an anthology I mean, show. It is a TV show, but it is a little cop-out-ish. But I'll allow right. it because I love The Twilight Zone. Okay. It is <laughs> very good. A few details. It ran from 1959 to 1964 on CBS. Once again, hosted by Rod Serling. He actually wrote 92 of the 156 episodes. Wow, I don't know. Did he, he direct them as well? Uh, he directed quite a few. Uh, There's classics like Eye of the Beholder, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, Time Enough at Last, To Serve Man, yes. Monsters Duel on Maple Street. I've like, seen These those. are all very like pop. And these are the pop culture ones that everyone knows yeah. but yeah. there's some hidden gems here even the ones that are pretty lackluster there's always kind of a huh sort of moral to the story exactly. yeah and, yep. and they may be ridiculous obviously quite dated but there's like this natural sort of beauty maybe it's the black and white element but twilight zone has the best standalone episodes how about you joel <laughs> well we've already kind of talked about it i'm choosing the x-files no there hey. oh, there you go. we yeah. did a whole episode of buffy versus x-files but i just wanted to give some love uh now because every episode of the x-files is like a mini horror movie. And there are standalone episodes where you don't need to have any sort of knowledge about, uh, you know, Mulder's sister or the Black Ooze or the Cigarette Smoking Man. You don't need to know any of that because you can just jump in and enjoy a, an hour-long horror movie. Or How much of, of the series, percentage-wise, would you say are standalone Monster of the Week compared to mythology episodes? Oh, geez. That's, that's difficult to say just because I didn't do the research. But mm-hmm. if I had to guess, I'd probably say it's like 60% standalone, 40% mythology. And what do you prefer? 
I loved the mythology when I was watching the series and seeing things unfold. But mm-hmm. I, for rewatchability, I go back to those standalones all the time. Yeah, me too. And I mean, some favorites of mine. Oh, Detour. Uh, Detour is so a fantastic good. one. Uh, Bad Blood. Yep. It has Luke Wilson and, and, and Vampires. It's a great episode. Uh, Jose Chung's from Outer Space. Squeeze. Uh, oh, Squeeze. Squeeze so is good. creepy with, and Tombs. Uh, and then uh, Drive has a, uh, Brian Cranston mm-hmm. in it. Which that was the episode that made them be, realize that Brian Cranston could do drama as opposed to just being a, a goofy dad and knock him in the middle. But this is one I feel like even if you aren't a fan of the of the series, you could just pop in on these certain episodes and they have them ranked out there. You you could literally Google best standalone episodes X Files and just watch. Those. It's like a fun scary Friday night. Yeah, and they're short too. Like this is an hour, like less than an hour, and you're watching this mini horror movie, and they're not overly scary. And this TV fourteen. General area. Most of them are pretty tame. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, you'll get like ones like Home, yeah. and that will disturb oh. you a little bit. Uh, but I highly recommend watching this. It is on Hulu currently. You can watch it there. Cool. Um, I know it used to be on on Netflix, but it's not there currently. So yeah, X Files. Great, great, great time. choice. I did not go through this list and make official picks, but I would I will give an honorable mention off the top of my head. It'll never be talked about on this show, but I think Star Trek The Next Generation. I can pick up anywhere in that series. It'll never and enjoy be it. talked about on this show. You never, just made so never. many people mad. Well Yeah, it never will be. I've got to get through the series I, I, first. That honestly it played all the time in the break room at my job, and I would just like start watching a random episode and I enjoy them. Picking up anywhere. So I'll, I'll give a little love to that. All right. Next up, we have the one that started rough but became amazing. Ken, so I'm going to go with first you. on this one. Yeah. I'm going with Late Night with Conan O'Brien. What? Whoa. Yeah. Wow. A talk Hot show. Wow. I went with a talk show. I, I had to kind of mix it up because there are many shows, many shows, and I'm sure you guys will cover them where it's like, watch the first season. It gets way better. I promise. Like, <laughs> you know, when you're trying to be yeah, a missionary for a moment. show, right? Yeah, yep. But late night with Conan O'Brien, I'm going back through my memory banks. It started in 1993. I was 12 and went to 2009. So when he started the show, he was a writer for SNL and for the Simpsons, mm-hmm. obviously a clever guy, but was probably on SNL for maybe 40 seconds altogether. Yeah. Do you guys remember like, yeah, have, you ever, have you seen clips when he first started with Andy no. Richter? Oh yeah. He's just uh, young. In fact, some of the reviews say... We talk about doing a talk show uh, We eventually will. But uh, Chicago Sun-Times says he's nervous, unprepared, and generally geeky. Another critic wrote, he's a living collage of annoying nervous habits. He has dark beady eyes like a rabbit. (laughs) He's one of the whitest men ever. And I remember watching the show going, (laughs) well, you know, he's no David Letterman, because David Letterman in the early 90s was prime. Yeah. David Letterman's one of the whitest guys ever, too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think maybe three years in, Conan O'Brien got this confidence where he almost owned the awkwardness at mm-hmm. that point, And he'd start doing like remote yeah. uh, shots where he would go talk to just random people who didn't know who he was. Yeah. And that's where he excelled. He started bringing in weird characters that I'm not going to mention on this show at all. <laughs> but FedEx you know, Pope, you can say that. One. Yeah. Uh, it's the Star Wars premiere that he had with Triumph, the insult comic dog is one of the funniest 10 minutes I've ever seen. Some of my personal favorite memories of TV comedy are from late night with Conan O'Brien, but man, he was horrible and awkward when he first started. So I'm, I mean, I'm just going to say it, uh, the office, <laughs> because it's one of those gimmies that everyone agrees that the first season is kind of rough. Kent, you actually haven't watched the office, correct? Nope. <gasps> Yeah, I know. I've seen it's seasons Kent's one, two, this and three. This is like the second sin tonight. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> second sin. We're counting them. We're <laughs> counting Joel, Kent's sins. Why was the first season not so great? Well, and and I did. I want to mention this too. I showcased Parks and Recreation back on episode two forty seven, where I actually talked about how the first season was so rough, and the second season even for a while. And it wasn't until the Greg Pakitis episode that the show became this is fun, hmm. and then it just went up from there. With The Office, it's a little more hard to pin down because. 
that whole first season, which is only like, what, six episodes or something like that? It's a short first season, but it isn't great because they're trying to mimic the British comedy. Have you seen the British office? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, word for word almost. It, I think the British office excels because David Brent is a different kind of character than Michael Scott. And, yes. and British audiences have and, a different And it's humor. meant to be kind of a deplorable comedy element instead of hilarious like we Americans are used to. Yeah. And yeah. we couldn't yep. pull it off. Exactly. Yeah. We needed a hopefulness and they just don't in British humor. Like the, it no. can always be awkward. It can always be mean and it can live there. But yes. there, there doesn't need to be redeemable qualities. But in American television, there does. And it took a while for them to convert that. Yeah. Well, and yep. that's just it. It's like the first season, it is a very mean-spirited Michael Scott with a different hairdo. <laughs> and then after they found out how unlikable. And the reason I bring this up is because we recently, my older kids wanted to watch a sitcom. So we said, well, let's watch The Office. And we were going to do it on VidAngel just because mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's certain things we didn't want them to hear at there that is. time. Yeah. But they were not enjoying it because it is just awkward, mean-spirited at the beginning there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think until about Office Olympics, which is season two episode three. Mm, that's a good one. And that's the one where, because there there's good stuff. Like, you get the Dundies before that, and uh, even the sexual harassment episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the basketball. There's they're like there's these moments of goodness, but I don't think it's until Office Olympics that you're like, oh, I really liked that. You know, I like mm-hmm. the dynamic of Jim and Pam, and if you haven't seen The Office, the, it's the short first season. Just get through that first season. You'll be fine. And then... Two and three are comedy gold, and yes. then the show keeps going. I have seen enough episodes to know that two and three are prime. Well, four it slips pretty good in season four. Yeah. Okay. It, but it, and then it dies in season five. You don't have to watch anything after season five. Well, <laughs> one day I will finish the series. And I did talk about this before, but I feel like in the finale's episode, because as much as it stumbled and just just messed up as the, as the series progressed later on and everyone became a caricature of themselves. They weren't characters anymore. They were cartoons. Hmm. Yep. And, but then they landed that finale so perfectly oh, yeah. that I went, I forgive most everything. In fact, when I just did a rewatch of this entire series and after a, a certain episode where a character leaves, a main character leaves, I jumped to the finale from there and I was like, oh, that still is fun to watch. <laughs> yep. That's great. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, there right. you go. The office. Brayden, what do you have? Okay, so I'm gonna go with what Joel kind of already mentioned, and it's Parks and Rec. Yeah, nice. as it should be referenced. As it should be. I mean, it is just uh, Parks and Rec is easily probably my top favorite so TV good. series of all TV time. TV series, not even sitcom. Not even sitcom. I mean, it it's tied with another one that'll come up here in a minute, but. Yeah, uh, but probably for me too, Ken. It's it's top ten. It, That's another series I've watched. We're on. we're constantly watching. I think I think I personally have watched it all the way through five times. He just says he hasn't seen it. Third sin. I'm sorry. I sinned again. We're done. Okay, I guess we're gonna have to wrap up uh, recording now. Uh, so Parks and Rec. I mean, it's just it is that first that first season is really rough. And is I it know because they were copying The Office yes. at that point? A little bit, um, but also Leslie Nope's character in yeah. the first season yep. is like really fragile, yep. really like timid. It's basically and Michael Scott. It she's, is basically she's, Michael Scott. She's dumb. Honestly. She is dumb. Mm. And, and NBC kind of did some, some studies after the first season. A lot of people didn't like Leslie's character and they really reworked her into what the character becomes, which is far better. She's and super competent at her job. Like yeah. so capable and just, she's like hopelessly optimistic, but she's endlessly capable. Yep. yep. And so, and so basically, I mean, I recommend this show to everyone all the time, but that's basically like we were talking about, right? It's my, always my response is you have to kind of power through the first season. It's a mm-hmm. little rough, yeah. but then I agree. I think it's actually, I've never really pinned it to the George Pekaitis yeah. episode, but, or Greg Pekaitis. Yeah. I was going to correct you. Sorry. We're, we're in a happy place but, right now. Uh, <laughs> 
but I mean, I, when Pachitis, that episode is good. And then when you get Chris Traeger comes in yes. and Ben, I mean, it just, it just, it, yep. It just, the whole show goes up from there. I don't think it really has a dip down anywhere. Final season? The well, Final season is good. Well, the problem, it's different. I, I will say one issue they had is they thought the series was ending. They so did, they had a very yeah. beautiful finale. And then they got renewed and they're like, well, we're going to do. So they have to do this weird yeah. time jump and kind of and try to make things good again. And that last season, it, there's hits and misses, but yeah. it ends once again on a great note. Oh, I yeah, I sob at the end every time. Like the season, the series finale, I cry. Yeah. It's just so good. It's so well done. So I if someone said, I don't like Parks and Rec, would you judge them harshly? Oh, I do. When people do <laughs> tell me that they don't like Parks and Rec, I, I judge them. And then almost always my response is, but did you get past the first season? Well, okay. can I confess something? Mm. Uh, I may have made my brother-in-law hate Parks and Rec. Oh, no. Because Joel. we were going to, I was going to say, okay, we just got to get through the first season. He'd never seen it. I said, we just got to get through the first season. Uh-huh. So I made him binge watch. He wanted to watch something else, but I made him binge watch the entire six seasons, six Six seasons. Wow, it's like whoa. Six the first six episodes. Uh-huh. Binge through those while we were on vacation together. And then they were just not as good and he wasn't liking it. And so then the vacation ended. We never got to the good stuff. And now he doesn't want to watch it because I made it. Yeah, I think that, that is a great choice for started rough but became amazing. Now let's move on to the one that's basically the opposite. The one yeah. that went too long and or ended poorly. Well, this and this was difficult for me because some went on too long, but like The Office, they ended okay, and others ended poor, poorly, but they well, were... Well, it doesn't have to be both. It can be short. went yeah. on too long or ended up The Office said, definitely went too long. But I went with both. One that fit both. Okay. And okay. I chose 24. Ooh. So, mm. uh, I already <laughs> talked about... I was going to say, I already talked about How I Met Your Mother yeah. and another episode, and I, I bashed on it so many times, but it is one of the worst finales I've ever seen in Ooh, How I Met Your Mother. that's a good one, too. But 24 was one of those shows, and when it came out, it was revolutionary. So, if you don't know, plot is Jack Bauer races against the clock to subvert terrorist plots and save the nation from ultimate disaster. It stars Kiefer Sutherland. That's all uh, really matters. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one, right? Uh, this was on Fox, and it went from uh, 2001 to 2010. There was a revival. So, are you t- wow, bringing the rival into ended poorly, or is it just the Kiefer Sutherland years? Well, I, it, well, Kiefer Sutherland still is the revival, and not the other one. There was a, a reboot with a yes, different a character, with no Jack Bauer. I'm right. talking only Jack Bauer stuff. There was like Live Another Day was the name of that yeah. one, the extra one with Jack. So uh, this one had eight seasons and Live Another Day and uh, 204 episodes. And I like to break this up into sections because one, two, three, that's a trilogy. You can pull that out and that's your that's your 24. Mm-hmm. In four, five, six, they change the story. They get new characters and they kind of revamps things. And they're still good. Six is where it died for me. Six is one of the worst seasons ever. Yeah, like five six. is where they should have ended. I agree with you here. Yeah. It was incredible. Chloe. It was incredible. I think season seven is a redemption of sorts. I believe it's seven, not I eight. I think it's called 24 Redemption, isn't it? There we go. I'm brainwashed. Uh, no, but I, I do feel like it definitely, six was a misstep. Uh, so backing up again, yeah. this show is set in real time. So like meaning it's each episode is an hour and it's an hour in the TV series. When mm-hmm. they say, I'll be there in, in two hours, two, two episodes Boop. later, they'll get there. Boop. And the real time thing is such a fun gimmick. And it got kind of played out when you get in the later seasons. Yeah. And especially yeah. six when... So he's always trying to stop a terrorist threat. Yep. Season six, there's a nuke that's going to go off. It goes off like four episodes in. And mm-hmm. then honestly, it was like the writers went, well, now what do we do? And so then it just goes nowhere. <laughs> and then he eats a that. sandwich for two episodes. Yeah. It's a big sandwich. You never see Jack Bauer eat in the nope. entire series. But I loved 24 when it first came out. We yeah. would binge watch entire series in, in one three-day weekend. The stress that happens when you binge this show. We had oh, yeah. uh, cardboard tubes that we would hold. This is back uh-huh. in college. We'd have like cardboard tubes from wrapping paper or whatever. And whenever something crazy would happen, we'd like just start hitting the couch. <laughs> We're like, oh! 
<laughs> and just, that was the way to deal with that's all the stress. awesome but i mean you get characters like president palmer who i know he's i know he's not a real person but if he were to run for office you'd vote for him you'd vote for him, for him. Oh, no. me too uh and you get like uh, but his wife oh that's dangerous well sherry palmer uh-huh. yes and we started on that and then you have characters like chloe uh, who's this you know constant uh, in jack's life that he needs and yeah and kim she has great plot lines as kim well kim is a cougar and <laughs> So, but yeah, I, I feel like it went on too long. It ended poorly. Like it just, the last two seasons, I'd say, well, six was bad. Seven was a good enough. They just couldn't it bring bad. it back, back around to its glory days. But then they try to do the, even with the revival, I watched mm-hmm. it and I'm like, no, like it was better. I don't know when they could have ended it. Probably at seven. Five. I think five, five. would have been oh, perfect. Yeah, five would have been better because he wouldn't have had six. Yes. Six was bad. Sorry, I'm getting into the weeds here. You watch this on Hulu or Amazon Prime. It is out there. If you haven't seen 24, watch just the first season because just the real time element of it is so much fun. Yeah, it really is a fun gimmick, which I feel like is right. Your difficulty is finding a story that only takes 24 hours. And yeah. so I feel like that was just going to play out quick, fast, well, right? And I love how the episode titles are like uh, 1 a.m. to 2 a.m., yeah. 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. Yeah, like they couldn't which get more season? creative than that. Yeah. Yeah. I really hate yeah. those episodes where they're just sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just Jack Bauer sleeping in his it bed is. for it an hour. Be. <laughs> but the thing about it is, too, like this is just I mean, you think about it. It's only eight really bad days for Jack Bauer. The rest of his time. Really bad fun. days. Really oh, bad. yeah. Yeah. Horrible yeah. days. Yeah. yeah. He dies like a couple times in the series. <laughs> anyway, Braden. OK, so I'm going to have to steal from your last pick, which is The Office. Went too long. And, into oh, so just went so too long. So, I mean, you mentioned there's a pivotal moment season five i think when a character leaves they should have ended it there um because i'm pretty sure people know he leaves uh, michael scott michael scott there we go we're gonna say it it. what i if you if you haven't yeah if this is a spoiler for you in the office it's your own fault at this point (laughs) we didn't say that he got hit by a camel okay (laughs) so what happens that was a plot twist let me tell you oh yeah just right out of nowhere oh yeah (laughs) but i mean it just like steve carell was just like so pivotal to the show right Mm -hmm. and not not only him but the character as well Mm -hmm. right of michael scott and so when he left they tried to do the whole like they did that three episode bridge with will ferrell which was painful at best yeah vickers um d'angelo vickers yeah yeah and then they bring in robert california i hate I just cannot stand Robert. And I think that's largely the opinion of everyone, right? Yeah. Is Robert California is not not nearly the same character as Michael Scott. They try to make no. him fit a similar role. It doesn't work. Hmm. And and I will give it with the caveat of, I do agree, the very last episode, they nail. It's beautiful. It's yeah. done extremely well. Yep. But every single episode from the moment Michael Scott leaves until that last episode is just horrible. And especially that the last season, they like... I don't know what to consider. It's not really breaking the fourth wall because it's really like fourth wall in the show, right? Because the whole time they're oh, filming a documentary, the people start getting involved, and then in the last season, all of a sudden, yes. all of a sudden, the documentary people, the cameramen, are getting involved, and so it's just like weird. It's like they totally changed the dynamic of the show because now all of a sudden we see these people. I feel the crux, and what really worked for the British one is mm-hmm. uh, Tim and Don, who are Jim and Pam. Uh-huh. Uh, they were the heart of the story, and when their yeah. story wraps up, the story wraps up, and yes. so in this one, Jim and Pam, when things go a certain way you're like yeah. how beautiful wait yeah. now there's issues yeah which is the other worst part and of last ugly. season right i mean they just like they threw in this drama i mean mm-hmm. i don't know are we considering that part spoiler too yeah we can leave it there <laughs> i yeah. mean they, they just add in all this drama and and it goes poorly and and i actually recently read an article where the directors wanted it to go further they wanted more drama oh. and were surprised when everyone was really mad, which is just like such a shock to me because yeah. who didn't know that everyone watched The Office for Jim and Pam, right? right? I mean, like that was the whole story. And 
Yeah. So it was just, it was such a disappointment because it's such a good yeah. show up until that point. Can't and it's bad. Make things right. Just watch The Office. I know yeah. about it, though. I know everything about it, but, though. But just watch Joel, it. Joel, okay. he needs a girlfriend for... <laughs> I've, got, I've got so many shows I need to watch when I get a girlfriend. Why do you need a girlfriend to watch The Office? Uh, well, because... because he, it, come on. Why would I watch it. something like that without the benefit of, like, cuddling? Ken, there are parts when you don't want to date nearby. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> yeah. awkward. Okay. Yeah. I watch Game of Thrones with dates. We covered this already. Yeah, That's see, true. so I think you're, you're, you're wasting <laughs> your time on the dates, then. You need to be watching Parks and Rec instead of Game of Thrones. Probably, dates, yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. all right. So my show that went on too long, and that's that's where I'm staying. Mm-hmm. The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean that ended in five years in the future. I was it's, gonna say, aka, it's going been on re- renewed for two more seasons at the it very will least. End poorly. It, yeah, oh, it definitely will. But you better believe I'm watching that finale. Oh, we all are. The whole world will. But right? you, but it's funny because you wouldn't have watched 20 years of the show previous to the finale. I hit and miss episodes. So this is 32 seasons so far, 706 episodes. And it's funny because people have charted the decline of The Simpsons because had this gone nine seasons, probably would have been my favorite TV show of all time. Hmm. Because when we were kids, this was the show to watch on oh, yeah. Sunday nights, even though your parents didn't want you to. Well, it started with my parents not wanting to, but yeah. then we were watching it Yeah, all they together. enjoyed it, right? Yeah. Because it was such smart humor, but then they just kept going. And kind of like you're saying with a lot of these TV shows, these just became caricatures. I mean, these are already cartoon characters, but just caricatures. And they actually say it's the episode in season nine called The Principal and the Popper is where things took a nosedive. Okay. This is where they, they went, oh, you're not staying very true to these characters. Look what you did to Principal Skinner. Like this, that was kind of, harsh and then they've charted the imdb scores and no episode fell below 7.5 out of 10 before season 10 and then after season 10 it never went above a seven wow and it only i really think it should have ended like because it it was still successful i think it should have ended in 2007 probably right before the movie aired yep yeah because then people were excited for a simpsons movie because they're like i've wanted one for 10 years it was funny. It wasn't the best, mm-hmm. but I still think a, a movie would have been a great capstone to the series. Yeah, yeah but it would have been a good way. It's to end still up. going oh. ridiculous. All right, now we're going to move over to the one that everyone forgot about once it was over. Let's start with you, yeah. Brady. So I feel like we may have similar answers on this because I feel like for me the obvious answer is Game of Thrones. I, it was just. I may disagree. Oof. I always I, put that. I just I feel like it was you know it was like the zeitgeist right like everyone was talking about it it was always what people were talking about mm-hmm. everyone was always waiting and then that last botched season no look but, but this is forgettable though people are going for their therapists <laughs> to talk about the end of Game of Thrones I okay okay well yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> I mean those were just poor decisions in general yeah, but, so yeah it's I think it's still people still discuss this because they're so annoyed that it didn't go the way they wanted it to and but that's maybe a valid point I'm going to agree with Braden because I feel like it was like everyone's talking about it everyone's talking about it no one's talking about right. it right yeah I mean it was like it kind of switched immediately to we're not even talking about how bad it was because everyone just like is collectively agreeing to forget that it happened at this yeah. point right because well, I mean, it was one of the greatest shows on television yep like monetarily the oh, characters yeah. are amazing and now people are like Oh, yeah, but the aftertaste. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, that's the thing is, I think the aftertaste has ruined the whole thing versus like, you know, something like we just talked about with The Office, right? The aftertaste has 
not really ruined the whole thing. But mm-hmm. for Game of Thrones, it seems like that that final season has just ruined it for everyone. People don't really recommend it anymore. We don't talk about it. You know, I miss it. I miss those I mean, Sundays where I could get excited for episodes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and as far as like I, George R. R. Martin, right? I mean, I, basically everyone's convinced he won't ever finish the he series won't. at this point. And I don't right. know how you could, right? I mean, it, it, the series has ruined it for the books, right? I mean, oh, and but so, now he knows what not to do. Well, that's also valid. But I mean, I don't I. Yeah, I just don't know he'll ever finish it. But but yeah, I think that's the one that just everyone forgot about or at least forced themselves yeah. to forget about. Blocked right. It, out. it may not have been may not have been passively, but they've purposefully blocked it out. We don't talk about it anymore. Yeah. As a All person right. who's never seen the show, I will never watch it because I know it ends poorly. <sighs> All right, what do you got, Kent? I went with Heroes. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Because if it was 2006 and I said, guys, Heroes, you would have been like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah save right? the cheerleader, yeah. save the world. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but you make that reference now and everyone's like, what? What? Oh, that's, yeah. oh, that stupid show that was only good for one season and not even Almost. good in the season finale? Yeah, because I think it was like a burning star, like a, a supernova. It was just like this big, this is amazing. Oh, it's gone. This was the magical, yeah, point. magical time of TV 10 years previous to streaming where you had these shows that were more so mystery box series, like Lost. They were trying right? to emul- emulating Lost. Yeah, yeah, and then you had Heroes and these first seasons, Prison Break around this time too, where you're like, I'm captivated by this. It feels like a movie story idea, mm-hmm. but stretched over 22 episodes. And Heroes just nailed it with amazing characters up until the end of the season. And then that led into the writer strike and where a lot of things went wrong with TV yeah, that's in true. general. And they could never pick it up. And by the time three and four aired, it was dead in the water. Oh, this started with, there was so about bad. 14 million average viewers for the first season, and it got down to five. And I'm Ooh. surprised it was that high yeah. in the final season. They did do a reboot in 2015. It was a 13-episode miniseries. Okay. No one cared. Yeah. No Seems one cared. about right. And yeah. so the, the studio wanted people to remember it, but no one wanted to remember it. In fact, this ended on a cliffhanger. No one's saying, oh, please revive that so I can see what happens. No one no one cares. Well, I mean, I think even our reaction show how much we forgot about it, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was yeah. like you just unlocked a memory for me. I didn't even remember, you know, that that had ever occurred. <laughs> 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 what music they had? What's that? That was the Heroes music. They had the music. Real Heroes. Don't you remember that? The Return to Innocence. That, that, was that, that, was that, that, that uh, ancient, uh, ancient uh, Lamentation uh, music? That's it ancient was, Lamentation music. Totally was yeah. this Wonder Woman 1984? <laughs> Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> or Justice League. That's what it was. Oh, Amazing. Man. All right, Joel, what do you got? Remember Mad About You? Oh, no. yeah. That's, uh... No. So, Mad About Listen, You... Listen, I'm not 50 in the 1990s, so <laughs> no, I don't remember it. So, Mad About You uh, was oh, on Helen from... Hunt. Yeah. yeah, Helen Hunt, Paul Reiser. The uh, synopsis here is, Mad About You centers on the trials and tribulations of a married couple living in New York. Now, the thing about this is this was, I mean, not just some run-of-the-mill show. This won four Golden Globe Awards and 12 Primetime Emmy Awards. Hugely successful. This was hugely successful. This was like the classy time of must-see TV. It was. And, and like, this was around the time when it was, it was well, it didn't get Cheers was to, still going. Yeah. Frasier was starting. And this, uh, this, yeah, this ran from 1992 to 1999. And some people say this helped give birth to friends because Ursula, the waitress, oh, yeah. ended up being Phoebe's twin. And it was kind of this joke that she was on both shows. But uh, you can kind of give that to Matt about you, right? Yeah. But I remember very specific episodes. I remember specific jokes. I remember, really, I remember watching this show I avoided this pretty show. regularly. 
no one talks about anymore. There no. was a revival. Actually. There was? Yeah. In wow. November to December of 2019, there was a small revival season. But I don't know if anyone watched it. No one talked about it. But I remember loving that about you. But everyone's forgot it now. All right. Now we move over to the one you never thought you'd like, but you did. Let's go with you, Kent. Time for the most controversial answer of the episode, gentlemen. Uh-oh. It's The Bachelor. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to no. say The O.C. again. I was going to say The O.C. again because I love The O.C. and I fought it for years, but it's amazing. But I remember starting in 2002. This is when I was in college. And I remember going to some girls' apartments and being like, I'm going to go flirt with these girls. This is going to be freaking awesome. <laughs> I talk like a 15-year-old in college. Voice, yeah. yeah, I wasn't cracking my voice at this point. Mm. But uh, I'd go over and then I'd be like, oh, they're watching the worst reality show ever. This show is so trashy. Oh, the drama, ridiculous. And then I left. And I didn't discover what The Bachelor was for like a decade. It's been going. The Bachelor itself, 25 seasons. The Bachelorette, 17 seasons. Wow. It's it's very popular. Very popular. And so I left and I missed out on these opportunities to cuddle and watch The Bachelor and reap the rewards that that brings. Uh, Rewards. Because this is like watching a Hallmark Christmas movie where you don't really need to watch. You just need to kind of hear what's going on (laughs) and then be there for the final rose ceremony. (laughs) The reason I really dug into The Bachelor is, and I feel like it's one of the few shows that's actually still on network TV that is funny to watch, like ironically in a way, but because I am in awe of what the editors and producers can do to make something so stupid, so trivial, seem so dramatic at the time. Yes. Yeah. Just a close up on the face. Yeah. And, and they, they pull like these different parts from oh, different time yeah. periods and they try to create this drama and there's always an ambulance involved and there's always hurt feelings and people that aren't there for the right reasons. I'm like, how have they used the same formula and they still find success? And I'm in awe of the show. In fact, if I could work on the show as a producer or editor, I would. Or as a bachelor. Um, Ooh, let's well. go. I mean, all day. I mean, if that's what it takes to get and watch Parks and Rec. But I need abs because they get in the hot tub all the time abs. and I don't have abs. Yeah, we'll wait, for the, wait for a bachelor calling dad bod. <laughs> <laughs> I volunteer. <laughs> so. Out of the many seasons, how many would you say you've seen? I've never seen a full season of The Bachelor. What? Never have. But I have seen probably, let's say there's 12 episodes in a season. I've probably seen maybe two of those. And I've never seen, I'll take breaks, like years breaks. But then some lady will be like, some lady will be like, hey, you should watch The Bachelor. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. And I'll watch like two episodes and then be like, I'll catch it at the end. So I've probably only seen maybe 3% of the actual full series but I enjoy it when I watch it. See, I just I appreciate your your recommendation here because certain people in our household haven't been willing to watch with me, and I just feel like I need some trashy drama. Wait, in my you life. would watch this? Oh, absolutely. But your wife won't watch it. No. Nope. <laughs> we, we it like it was sparked recently. I have a coworker who watches it all the time, mm-hmm. and then my sister sent us a clip of the last. I think it's like been maybe two seasons ago now with the champagne bottle. Yeah, it's like it was a big deal and all over social media, and I was just like, oh, I just need more of this drama. And my life <laughs> if in retrospect if i could go back 10 years and start a podcast about the bachelor i would oh it'd be very successful yeah wow can we can we Sorry, go now cr- can, can we go forward barking. can't i just have to stop you you can't talk about no bachelor i can anymore. keep going no, do you no, want to come over stop. and watch the bachelor no, with me we can cuddle. No, let's move along no, we can cuddle. no 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 we're good uh joel please <laughs> i need, I, I need a cuddle <laughs> Downton Abbey. Oh, oh my. So I, I did. I was going to put Gilmore Girls here, but I already talked about that at length on episode 247 Quarantine TV time. So I wanted to give this one to Downton Abbey because honestly, if I read this plot synopsis, 
a chronicle of the lives of the British aristocratic Crowley family and their servants in the early 20th century. That sounds like a show I like. Did you refuse to watch it at first? I honestly was trying to remember how I got into the show. And I think it was just coworkers talking about, like, you got to see this. You got to see this. Because mm-hmm. I don't think oh, I would have picked it up Matthew on Matthew is so divine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, Lady Sybil. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, so this stars uh, Hugh Bonneville, uh, Elizabeth McGovern. Uh, I mean, Michelle Dockery. So many good characters in this. And really, that's series. all it is, is good characters, because nothing happens in each episode. And there's a dinner party. And exactly that's it. it. Yeah. The Dowager <laughs> Countess gets upset. And it's hilarious. Yeah. Like, they say something. Something to the Dowager Countess, and she gets offended. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that's as funny as The Office. <laughs> it's not. But the Office, just, office like uh, seasons eight and nine, though. Yes, this yeah, has, yeah. by the way, six seasons in a movie, and uh, it, 52 episodes. Uh, TV PG. Uh, occasionally, we'll get into the saucy elements, but mm-hmm. mostly it's just people sitting around talking in living rooms wearing gloves. And I just, it's, it's available on Peacock and Amazon Prime and Netflix. It's out there, and I think. I I really got caught up in it. Like I was totally involved in Anna and Bates, and you know who was go- what was going to happen between them. Yeah. And then Thomas was this jerk, and <laughs> O'Brien. Oh, you still care? How dare she? <laughs> and it did it did get lesser as it went along. I, and it, I stopped at the end of season three, and that's probably fine. Mm-hmm. Like if you can find a stopping point, that's fine. But man, those first couple of seasons, especially. I was totally into it. Yeah. And I, I didn't think I ever would like a period drama about early 19th century British aristocrats. Uh, second movie is coming soon, by the way. Oh. Yep. Which I will watch. I yep. mean, I feel like you also left out the important point that's the big seller for me is that Dame Maggie Smith is in it. Yeah. And she's, yeah, she's, she's, she's the best. phenomenal on her own. Oh, so. yeah. The Dowager Countess. Every time she was on the screen, it was awesome. And I cannot believe I just said that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy you just did. equated to Fast and the Furious where I'm just like, it's so awesome. <laughs> So. Freaking incredible. <laughs> Isn't Almost as good as F9. The next Downton Abbey movie is in space. Yes. <laughs> Outer yes. space. Downton Abbey. In space. in space. Amazing. There you go. All right, Braden, what do you got? So apparently Joel and I are vibing tonight because my answer is Gilmore Girls. Hey. hey. Don't say vibing with Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. I mean, we've you just, you know, the questions at the, the beginning, road. we keep giving each other's answers. It's great. So, you guys are cute. It's yeah. like adorable. We are a cute couple, you know. Gilmore Girls has been one of my wife's favorite movies or shows for a while. Mm-hmm. And it was always, we talked before the about, you know, we get shows that one of us will watch and then the other ends up watching a few episodes, gets hooked. And now it's another show we can't watch apart. Yeah. And Gilmore Girls was one of my wife's shows that she watched, you know, without me. And yeah, I watched a few episodes and it's just really good. So well and it was not a premise that I really, you know, the mother daughter relationship yeah. was just not something that I really felt like was calling to me you know or something that i was going to be super interested in but it it's a good story yeah i mean and and it's there the show was funny it's well, fun episodes and there. also you get i mean that was your countess in the room you're gonna have a good time emily yeah. gilmore oh yeah when she's in the room it's it's fun it's that same is she awesome vibe. joel she's awesome <laughs> freaking awesome man i did watch one season of this and i refused to watch it forever but a mm. lady friend I would watch it with her. And in that case, it was worth it. I do hate how overly clever and smug the show is. It's true. If I had to watch the rest of the series, I could do it because I saw the excitement in Joel's eyes. Yeah. (laughs) Every time he'd watch an episode and give us a recap. Every for a while there, every night after a Bacon Cell episode, I'd be like, You guys I gotta tell you something. I'm like, 
Luke Steiner had to close for a while. For <laughs> like, shut up, Joel. <laughs> Please, no. There's more estrogen in the room now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it is a great show. Recommend. Very nice. All right. How about now we move over to the one that was perfectly planned. Which one had like the good vision for the plot? Uh, let's go ahead and start with Brayden. My answer for this is Fringe. Oh, I've never seen an episode. Okay, well. You should. You should. So it's done by J.J. Abrams. Oh, never mind. Mm. We're out. No, no, no it's good. No, here's what he did. Hold on. He started, what? he planned the first episode and then he walked away. That's, that's well, how you do it. His name's all over it. So, but. It's too bad. It is too bad. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> he was good once. He was I've good. I've heard the first season is kind of rough though, Fringe. Um, it's it's maybe a little rough because you're you're getting a lot of the backstory. They're like slowly peeling back uh, you what's, know, what's going on. What's the plot synopsis? So, so plot synopsis on this, I actually have this one. So an FBI agent is forced to work with an institutionalized scientist and his son in order to rationalize a brewing storm of unexplained phenomena. So so basically, very first episode, you're plopped in. Uh, an airliner lands and it's full of skeletons and like everyone has died, but they're like skeletons. It's like they've been eaten alive kind of a thing. And so they bring in the FBI, something gets triggered in an FBI database to an old experiment that was done by this old scientist who worked for the FBI and CIA and all this stuff. And he is in a mental institution. So mm-hmm. she goes and gets him out. John Noble, who is amazing. John Noble, who is, who is phenomenal. Yeah. So she has to go get his son, to get him out. Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson. Okay. All right. Yes. And she is Olivia Dunham, who was just played by Anna Torv. Yes. And she's phenomenal. And anyways, so what it leads into is basically the whole series is about, it's called fringe because it's about what they call fringe science. So basically the scientist has been, did research for years, decades and decades for the government on things that were supposed to be impossible. Basically they're supposed to push the boundaries of science and physics and all these things that was, we knew it and things get really, really wild and things get really out there. And so what starts as kind of like a CSI kind of show, right? Mm-hmm. Where each episode is kind of a new thing has occurred, mm-hmm. suddenly turns into the there's this huge overarching plot. All of this goes and it just like wraps it, up. To me, it feels and Joel, I think you'd really appreciate this I've been show. meaning to watch it's this It's the one. cousin to X-Files. This yeah. feels like if Scully never met Mulder okay. and aliens weren't involved as much because there is a greater conspiracy at hand. So yes. it's quite fun. Okay. I mean, and, and I think the nice thing is, is like, yeah, this is one of those shows where they planned it from start to end. It mm-hmm. wraps up beautifully with a little bow at the end. So they were given time to end their show. Yeah. Instead of just being yeah it doesn't feel like it was rushed. It, the last season does shift dramatically. Uh, you're kind of like thrown through a time loop into the future. And so when you actually start the first episode of the last season, you almost feel like you missed something because it just totally starts you out cold in a completely different place in a completely different time. But it time. still works. But it works. Okay. Hmm. And it just kind of, you know, there's all of these like open threads through the whole thing. And you're like, well, what about this? What about this? What mm-hmm. about this? And then that last season just like whoop, ties it all up beautifully hmm. with a pretty little bow. It's phenomenal. Okay. I love shows that have a good ending because one of the most annoying things when I get involved with a show and then it just kind of ends. All so right. yes, that is my pick. Excellent. Excellent show. Nice. Okay. Kent, what do you have? Well, Joel and I have the same pick because there's one choice. Joel, I hope you chose. You didn't. Mm. Go ahead, Kent. I went with a big player here that we've talked about ad nauseum here on Bacon Cell, but it's Breaking Bad. It is the prime choice. It's a very good choice. No, it's, you no. didn't choose it. No, no, no. It's the choice. Come on. It's the choice. Go ahead. Five Kent. seasons, 62 episodes. So series creator Vince Gilligan had a very clear vision for this show and its protagonist, 
Is he a protagonist? I don't know because he He's said hero. He says from the beginning, I originally pitched it to the studio with one line. I told them this is a story about a man who transforms himself from Mr. Chips into Scarface. Which I actually ended up went going back and watching uh, Mr. Chips, yeah. uh, the, the movie. It's about this really nice professor. Mm-hmm. I mean, picture like a Mr. Holland's Opus kind of a thing. It's just right. a very nice guy that everyone loves. And then turning him into Scarface, which is this horrible drug-ridden right. crime lord. And in this show, you see this de-evolution or, or is an evolution based on how you look at it. Even in the series premiere, uh, Walter White, who is the main character, who has cancer, and he has to raise money for his family. And he does it through a really interesting way. Makes some meth. I feel like I'm not spoiling anything. This is the first episode, it's right? The, it's the premise. Yeah. And then becomes way more heavily involved into the underworld. It's insane. But in it's the first really good. episode, he says to his students, because he's a chemistry teacher, he says, it's uh, chemistry. It's the study of change. It's growth, then decay, then transformation. And he is describing himself at that point. And I feel like throughout the series... Even up until, even through the last episode, which I'm sure people don't like, but to me, it don't was, they? It's one of the highest rated ones on IMDb. Is it okay? Good because it's magical. Yeah, there is nary a weak spot. In fact, I would say first season, I'd be like, push through. You got this because then in season two, right in the middle, you're gonna see where he becomes darker, and you're gonna be in. Granted, a lot of people don't get to that point because they think, why would I want to watch someone become worse? Yeah. I want a happy ending. Well, I'm sorry, but you're going to see a great character study this, instead. This is a Greek tragedy. Yes. It's what you're watching. You're watching a man whose hubris is so great that you, you, it makes him fall, and you yeah. watch it happen. Probably the single greatest character in TV history. Right up there Hyperbole. With, right up there with Ron Swanson. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I, uh, I like breakfast. You, I'm Walter White. Can, you, haven't you haven't watched, watched it. it. You, you haven't watched it. Oh, please. No. Give me all the breakfast. I'm, I'm, can, I'm what not, a quotable I'm not even, quote. I'm not even being facetious here. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm saying Ron Swanson is up there. as great TV characters like... You, you're kidding me. No, I'm no. watching this show now just to prove Can you wrong. Can we make the connection to Walt Jr. No, loving breakfast? No, we just ruined it for him. Yes. Yeah, Walt Jr. does love breakfast. All right. So here's the thing, Kent, is we have talked ad nauseum about Breaking Bad yes. on Bacon Cell multiple times. Mm-hmm. Multiple references. In so fact, you didn't want to include it. If you go to, ba- if you go to BaconCell.com, and you can search for Breaking Bad and see all the episodes where we reference it. So I kept going back to, okay, I can't use Breaking Bad. Sure. What other show is perfectly planned? I can't use Breaking Bad. And so in the end, I chose Breaking Bad. Okay. There we go. <laughs> you tease. Because Why did you show, do this to me? Because well, I didn't want to give it right away, right away, because I sure. felt bad because I tried so hard not to use it. But when, when you, you, Braden, when you wrote down perfectly planned, mm-hmm. I've stated that about this show because it's five seasons. Beginning to end, they had a plan of what they wanted to do. Beginning to end, mm-hmm. little to no filler whatsoever, no weak season. And not even weak episodes, really. There's one episode people kind of point at, Fly, Fly. which I is like a Fly. bomb episode, but I love I it. I get yeah, it. It's, it's about episode. Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> but And this is definitely a harsher show to watch. If you watched it on TV, it was actually cleaner than it's on Netflix. It's true. So, you know, if you have Vintage or something like that, you want to do because the TVMA, a couple things every now and then. But overall, this is just, it's it's an amazing show to watch because it knew what it wanted to be from the beginning and it followed through. So when it foreshadows, it's not going to drop that plot. No. And that's just it. They knew what they wanted to do. They got in, told the story and got out. There's very little, there's very little that just kind of superfluous here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Breaking Bad, of course, was there. The you go. Had. So another bacon cell reference for Breaking Bad. There. You happy now? <laughs> yeah. Sponsored by Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now this one, I wanted to put Breaking Bad for this next category, which is the one that's the best kids show. <laughs> <laughs> Kent, what do you have? So we've done a few shows on 
children's TV, whether it's educational or just animated shows of our past. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go with the big player, which I feel is Sesame Street. But so I'm going to move right past that. And maybe a show that I haven't mentioned as much or my memory is bad, but I'm going with Backyardigans. This show aired in uh, 2004, went to 2013. This is the story of five animals. One of them's not really an animal, kind of just a made-up animated character. Her name's Uniqua, because she's unique. <laughs> and uh, five animals who, they have a shared backyard, and in the backyard they'll, they have grand imaginations, and they will go on an adventure. And these adventures are generally parodies of popular movies. And they're very... I've never seen an episode of this. You never have. Not even with the kids? No. Nope. The kids and I watch this all the time. Uh, this is Uniqua, Pablo, Tyrone, Tasha, and Austin. And generally, like, they'd have, like, a James Bond episode or, like, a secret agent episode. And there's about two to three songs in each episode and they're real they're bangers cast they're away really really good we are yes, just gonna say don't sing How old are you, you zach don't sing castaway because it's like a tiktok thing right there's now. like there's like several backyard again songs for tiktok yeah it's, it's having it? a yeah, huge oh, moment yeah. right now because yeah. it's all over tiktok that's so weird. that's so random yep. though yep Please tell me it's not like risque dancing to castaway no. oh there's all sorts of trends there's for everything <laughs> and this is less educational as far as like ABCs, right? And this is more like, here's how to keep friendships. Here's here's some problem-solving abilities. That's kind of it because it is more narrative-based than learning-based. But I have two daughters, and we'd watch this all the time, and I would just sing the song along with it. And then I'd get sad because Austin was often not included in the friend group. I'm like, where's Austin today? Is he sick? Come on, Backyardigans. P.S. So you're saying this you, is you, Austin. I you related. most connected and related to totally. Austin. Totally. <laughs> He's watching from his window. You guys playing in the backyard again? <laughs> backyardigans? I man. Brought up some that. childhood drama. Yeah, totally. Over my head. Super spy. <laughs> Super spy. Yep. See, that's another one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know any of these. There are multiple types. You still I have, have young trends. children, so I, I have so many kids. Yardigans. How have I not seen it's this It's a Nickelodeon show. show, too, so you could find it. Mm. Okay. All right, Joel, what do you have? I already mentioned Phineas and Ferb in Quarantine TV time, mm-hmm. which is a fan. And they have great songs in each episode yeah. as well and, and hilarious. Pl- I just watched the movie recently, the Candace Against the Universe. Hilarious. Is it? Might make my best of the year list. Wow. Because <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And also we dedicated an entire episode to Avatar The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. uh, 256. And so I didn't pick either one of those. So I was like, hey, what else is there? And then it hit me. Saved by the Bell. You love so this show. Kids, <laughs> kids, Hold on. Say, kids is a wide term, but at the same time, my uh, youngest and my oldest both enjoy watching Saved by the Bell. This is, uh, I mean, this is Bayside High. This is Zach. This is Kelly, Slater, Lisa, Screech. It's one of those shows that is definitely dated. Yeah. Definitely dated. But we just went, went back and watched this all with my kids, and we had such a good time. Are you okay with the after-school special elements of the show? Yeah, is it a I little mean, too serious? A little bit, but at the same time, every series. Were, were they mad at Kelly when things went down with Jeff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That broke my uh, heart as a oh, kid. Too. That, was, that was like <laughs> reality check as a kid. Like, what? They're not together? Um, but anyway, this ran from uh, 1989 to 1993, four seasons, 86 episodes and two movies, the Hawaiian one and the Las Vegas one. But I feel like Say by the Bell is one of those shows that it has, it's dated. It mm-hmm. really is. But going back and watching it is still an entertaining experience. And I still feel like it can teach valuable life lessons to children. <laughs> so And teach kids how to harass their principal. Yeah. yeah apparently. And nerds. Like they're actually yeah. they're actually very mean to a lot of other kids. And I'm like, eh, don't be like them there. Be like them here. So you're teaching saying, We're watching this. Don't be like these kids. <laughs> oh, well, I think I think Preppy. every kid I think every kid my my age wanted to be Zach Morris or AC Slater. He could freeze time. Yeah. Well yeah. <laughs> 
That's a magical power that's only reserved for some episodes. And like we could do an entire uh, Bacon Cell episode on Saved by the Bell, and I think we may in the future. I feel like Joel talks about Saved by the Bell as much as Kent talks about Nolan. It's true. <laughs> it's so true. Saved by the Bell is my like, Christopher Nolan. Saved by the Bell is your Snyder Cut. <laughs> there right. you go. Yeah. Well, they're, I was going to say they're about the same length of time if you watch my, the Bell. Yeah, <laughs> my Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt is his Kelly Kapowski. That's true. What? <laughs> I took a weird He's turn. He's the best. <laughs> All right, Braden, what do you have? Okay, so I'm going to commit the cardinal sin and reference what has already been referenced on Bacon Sale in the past, which is Avatar The Last Airbender. All right. Yes, indeed. So to give preface, myself had and my wife had never watched Avatar The Last Airbender until a certain Bacon Sale episode what? convinced us nice. to give it a try. It's phenomenal. We Wait, watched. Which episode was it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. It was, you know, you just passively mentioned it once. Ah, yes. Maybe uh, episode 256 Avatar, the last podcaster. Yeah, it might have been that one. Okay. Anyways, so we watched the whole thing, watched Legend of Korra, all of it. Mm-hmm. We've probably been three through the last Airbender probably on the third time now with awesome. our children. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, I mean, they, they like it. We like it. It's one of those shows, you know, I feel like there's, you have to pick, you know, what shows you can stand while your kids are watching them, yes. right? Because they can easily get repetitive and just drive you insane. Some of the shows your kids will we call like. it the Kalu effect. Yes, Caillou. 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 Yes, yes, the Caillou effect. I'm just a kid who's four. Mm, no, no. Each no, day no. I grow some more. <laughs> Shooting through the sky. I'm Caillou. We derailed. We derailed. Yeah. Yes, but yeah. And so Avatar, great show, great for adults, great for kids. It's True. a fun watch. So great pick. Completely agree. Yes. If we didn't convince you on that episode, maybe Braden can convince you on this episode. <laughs> Highly doubtful. He's another witness of this. All right. Now let's go over to the one that got canceled too early or left you hanging. What do you think, Joel? The easy answer here uh, would obviously be Firefly because... Have we ever talked about this show on well, Bacon Cell? <laughs> but because a lot of people, that, that is like the go-to like yeah. oh, shows that got killed too early. But I do feel that Firefly got Serenity and therefore it's a complete package. I agree. I would love to see more episodes. Yeah. I've read some of the comics. They're great too. But I do feel like that one is okay. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it got its justice. So what's the second biggest choice? Because yeah. I feel like I know. You want to guess what my pick is? Pushing Daisy. Pushing Daisy. Pushing Daisy. Of course it's Pushing Daisy. <laughs> yeah. I know. I've already talked about this on episode 103, the finale countdown, episode 73, the pilot program, episode 10, Lost and Found Translation, but I want the world to know how unjust this cancellation of Pushing Daisies was. Where's your passion level on this one? Up here! <laughs> so Pushing Daisies is one of the most beautiful, beautifully, a tone change, beautifully shot shows. I feel like the story was so creative and unique. If you don't know, a pie maker with the power to bring dead people back to life solves murder mysteries with his alive again childhood sweetheart, a cynical private investigator, and a lovesick waitress. And this stars Lee Pace, Anna Friel, uh, Emerson Codd, Chris Chenoweth. Chris Chenoweth. Chris Chenoweth, yeah. And Jim Dale does the narration. I absolutely adore the narration in this show. It has a unique look, it has an amazing feel. It's a clever story with witty banter. I really, really love this show. And then during the writer strike, ABC said, eh, this one. This one's done. It's too course. weird. But the whole premise of the show was not resolved. They did not give us the ending that we wanted. And I did in episode uh, 103, the finale countdown, I think it was what it's called. Mm-hmm. In their finale episode, I did pitch an idea for how this series read. So if you want to hear that, go back and listen to it then. Because I feel like this needed an ending. And they never gave it to us. And yet they kept Ugly Betty on the air. Ugly Betty? <laughs> <laughs> give me Pushing Daisies! 
be nice. I'm, I'm feeling some resentment yeah. here. It's not show. America Ferrera's fault. Yeah. <laughs> and you can watch this one for, I was going to say, if you have HBO Max, it's on there. I bought the DVDs, the two seasons, because it's only two seasons, 22 episodes. Yeah. This and was I, one of your best recommendations to me, by the way. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, good. Better than Avatar Less Air Better? Oh, oh, oh. No comment. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yes, if you haven't seen Pushing Daisies, I talk about it far too often on the show, but it's because I am passionate about this because it is tragic how this did not get an uh, an ending it deserved. Yeah. And even though you do talk about it a lot, I do still think it is very underrated. Yeah. See, and sure. I feel like you're making me want to watch it again because I watched maybe a couple episodes. Oh, I wasn't hooked. Oh, I mean, it just—I you know, believe was I not said my favorite on one of the previous episodes where I talked about. It, I remember which one, but one of them I said, "If you watch the first episode and don't like it, you don't have a heart." <laughs> well, here well, I, I am. Here I am. You want to start what I with me now, Brayden? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm. Yep. Yeah, no, we're switching. I'm Team Kent now. So. All right. Oh, uh, wow. wait, you were Team Joel before? What? I don't. I mean, we were just. He said lethal weapon. You were getting more. Yeah, you were getting more points tonight. Okay. 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 Right, what so do you have, Brayden? My choice for this is Better Off Ted. I love Better Off Ted. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, uh, it's got Jay Harrington, Portia de Rossi in it. Yep. And uh, it's kind of it kind of came out of that like office era. It feels like it's kind of another office sitcom, um, but it's very different. So the whole premise is they work for Viridian Dynamics, Viridian who Dynamics. is a, a extremely morally gray, really kind of just yes. bad. They manufacture everything from like company. office chairs to uh, monsters that will eat people. Yeah. Like one of the episodes they talk about weaponizing pumpkins. Yes. And, and it's like, why do we want to weponize pumpkins? Oh, they're about like, Jabberwocky. Well, because we have a certain customer who has a surplus of pumpkins and would like to use it to blow up their neighbors you know <laughs> and so they're just it, it's extremely funny to watch the dynamic is fun i think Portia de rossi makes an amazing boss yes. in it um she's just very like i don't i don't her character is very domineering like, domineering yes yeah. that's a good insane. word insane insane she's all about the company it's all about oh well, the company loves its money you know yeah. and it's, it's almost all, this dystopian world for it too oh yeah, oh, yeah. reality which that was also one of my favorite parts so in in the episodes they actually have fake commercials so like yeah, if you watch it now so it's just like you get a commercial break in the middle but on the air right you'd get all of the normal commercials and then all of a sudden there would be Viridian a commercial Dynamics. for Viridian Dynamics, but the problem, but they purposefully like would leave it into the end. So when the commercial starts, you could have easily been tricked into thinking it was a normal commercial. Yeah. And then as the commercial goes, it gets wilder and wilder and wilder. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it's like Viridian Dynamics. And you're like, oh, because they always talk about like the Verizon Chipotle Exxon yeah. merger, you know, <laughs> and and so it's just really fun to watch. Um, it got canceled. So apparently when it came out, critic reviews were really, really favorable. Mm-hmm. Everyone was really saying it was going to be great viewership was low and it got lower and lower and lower just never really passed the bar they ended up canceling it they didn't even air the last two episodes yeah Um, which you can see which you can see now yeah can you watch this one Uh, you recommended this you did watch this great show okay yeah and and so it is just unjust that it was canceled because i think it was hilarious i think it would have been great to watch and you really do it just cuts off i mean you there's kind of you can tell they're building up plot lines they just don't go anywhere because it's just cut off there Mm -hmm. is no resolution to any of it but at the same time it's still worth watching because the episodes are funny oh absolutely you still get laughs hysterical i think my all-time favorite episode is they try to do lab-grown meat right and so they're like Mm -hmm. they put electrodes on like this hunk of meat you know to make it like exercise kind of just like pulsates kind of like a heart and they give it to the taste tester and he's like oh you know this tastes familiar and they're like like meat and he goes no like despair (laughs) and and i mean it's just like that's kind of the gist of the whole show it's just hilarious 
people should watch it and then be let down when it ends too early. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think I kind of agree with Joel. Even though it does end, it's it's worthwhile. I don't it's, know yeah. that you you really feel like you were cheated. I mean, yeah. you want more. It's but joke first, story second. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely far more into that office space where you can watch standalone episodes. It's yeah. funny. The overarching plot was way out. And there. I feel like it's a cousin to Arrested Development. In Agreed, the sense of yeah. The tone of it. It's yeah. a little heightened, more, more crazy. The redheaded cousin. Which probably yeah. also comes uh, from there. the fact that Tier two cousin. it's Portia, Portia Rossi, Rossi again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, she has a style, right? You know, but... Yes. Mm. All right, Kent, what do you have? So in the 90s, it was a, it was a heyday for animated comic book shows. A Batman, the animated series. Of course. X-Men. Yeah. And Spider-Man. Spider-Man was canceled too early and ended on a cliffhanger Which that I'm Spider-Man? still angry about. The original Spider-Man. This yeah. is this ran from 1994 to 1998. And there have been several good animated Spider-Man spectacular, shows. Spectacular, spectacular. Yeah, quite good, right? Spider-Man. But this they is the one that ended when all the Spider-Men from the different dimensions got together, correct. right? Correct. This ended in oh. a Spider-Verse episode. But the problem is a couple episodes before because this show was all about story arcs mm. and this is back when this everything was run under like the fox studio sony didn't really have its hands on spider-man yet and there was a lot of behind the scenes problems with uh, avi arad who is one of the creators worked in marvel forever was being kind of a, a pill to work with with the producers mm-hmm. and actually trying to sabotage Can't the show language. so i know right <laughs> he's trying to sabotage this his own creation he called this a basically a uh, merchandising opportunity mm-hmm. this show and he just wanted another spider-man show with sony and so he's trying to ruin the show meanwhile people that cared they created the story arc where mary jane was thrown off a bridge by green goblin familiar plotline into a black hole oh, so wow. she disappears oh. so spider-man is looking for her for episodes At one point he thinks he finds her but she is this aqua creature she's made out of water and it's not the real mary jane and so in the final episode he finds madam webb who is you know deep dark comic lore and she brings together like it's kind of like a clone wars slash spider-verse thing where he meets all these other spider-men and he actually meets stan lee in this episode as well and so it seems like a closer but he still hasn't found mary jane the love of his life and she basically says okay go through that portal and go find her the end like sopranos Ooh. ending right there journey is playing at the same time don't stop <laughs> your webbing <laughs> and it never concludes because this uh, avi arad guy he got the producer to cancel the show because he was so hard to work with but there is a script out there that i i found today that there was At another fanfic.com yeah. <laughs> <laughs> net we couldn't get uh, dot dot com. Yeah, right, yeah. some dot other Kent got <laughs> another fanfic page and so they had planned for another season of this show and what he was going to do is go through the portal go to jolly old england you know 200 years ago and that's where the whole season is going to take place and all the villains were going to be there and at the end he was going to find mary jane who had amnesia and was under threat by jack the ripper who was really carnage in the season but he was going to find her and at the end of the season bring her back to modern day new york but the show never gets there she's still gone to this day dang rough yeah real rough (laughs) (laughs) super serious i know so sorry it messed me up yeah that's understandable Let's go with the one that you're eagerly awaiting the next season. I'm guessing this means it's a current show and you're awaiting a new season. Brayden, so what wait for have? pushing daisies. That is how I took it. So yeah. my my answer for this is Stranger Things. Because oh, so people are still watching that? Uh, hey, I am. People will for a week when hey. it comes on. Hey, you two haters. Oh, not haters at all. Third season was good. Uh, and then people forget about it and don't care. Well, I mean, thing. I feel like it's, yeah. 
it could you could have put it under forget about right because it is one of those things that's like super popular for the yeah totally for for the week it comes out right yeah but but i also feel like i mean it's a show that i love i think it's super well done Mm -hmm. um super interesting to watch um definitely waiting for the next season is it because there's such a cliffhanger at the end there of the last is. one there is one and i don't know i mean i'm assuming you have seen the teasers yeah and things were left off in a certain way that in teasers have been shown to not be that way mm-hmm. and and so yeah wildly waiting for the next one which i feel like stranger things is hard too because we do also it's like sherlock right we wait so long in between seasons it's like that's a lot of tv shows these days are like eh, we'll make it when we make it shut up yeah and i feel Here's like four episodes yeah yeah and i feel like that's largely like netflix does that right i mean that's yeah. because netflix releases everything all at once so you can really fast binge it but then They've still got to do all the production. They need to go right? week after week, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, and if they did, right, it would at least like spread it out a little more. I think but Disney Plus is doing it right that way because people are. talk about it for longer. They do. Yeah. Right. I mean, because you're right. It is just like such a flash in the pan with things like Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. But it seems to work for Netflix. I mean, they, people keep coming back for it. But mm-hmm. yeah, eagerly awaiting that next season. Very good show. I'll watch it first weekend. It's on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Kent, what do you have? Dexter. Ooh. Oh, yep. That's coming now, up, isn't it? Yep. Now, this is it the next season or is this a last grab attempt to do something good? Last grab attempt to do something good. To the fix the showrunner, who is the showrunner of the first four seasons, which to me is The Matrix. It's the first Pirates of the Caribbean. It is yes, beauty. It's, it is yeah, the only amazing. thing that exists in the franchise because seasons five through eight don't exist in my mind. Yep, they're gone. Other than the fact that it has a Game of Thrones final season, worse actually, worse than Game of Thrones final season, far worse. And it ruins the character. It ruins Deb. There's so many plot lines here that it destroys. And when it ended in 2013, I said, okay, well, for me, it ended with the Trinity Killer. I think you put that on your worst finale. Did I? Okay. uh, That totally makes sense. Six months ago, all of a sudden, there's some weird teaser. Yep. Super hype. And it said Dexter, like season nine or, you know, late 2021 is what they're saying. It doesn't show anything else other than him looking out a window and smiling, basically. And I cannot wait. So, like I said, the showrunner's coming back for this. I do have hope. It's going to be 10 episodes and they call it a second finale. Basically, we're so sorry. I was good with the show, meaning the creator. I'm going to come back and try to make it good again. I don't know if it can because they ruined and killed a lot of amazing characters from the show. Yeah. But if we can make his character great once again, I'm in. All I need is 10 more episodes. It's a little like Star Wars trying to fix a bad middle show. Oh, no. (laughs) So it's going to turn out real bad. I, I, I have my fears. Yeah, uh, and as we should, right? Yes. But you've already been let down so much. This is like if yeah. Game of Thrones said, hey, we're sorry. We're going to twist things a little we're gonna bit. We're going to try it again. You remember that dream sequence final season, Roseanne? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to rewrite that. And so you've already been down in the depths. Why not climb out of it a little True, bit? True, yeah. I mean, I think everyone will give it a chance at yeah. least. So. I can't wait. The bar Joel? has been set pretty low. So. Yeah. Yeah. What do you have, Joel? Uh, so for mine, I actually picked Lost in Space. Ooh, the, Netflix oh, one. Yeah. the new one, yeah. Yeah, because uh, well, I was going to pick Better Call Saul because I am eagerly awaiting to see how this last season ends because I really want to see it. But I already talked about the lot on episode three. Way back in episode three, I said it was <laughs> good. I said it was the first season was great to binge watch. Wow. And you guys mocked me because it wasn't binge watching one season. I'm like, watching one season and one night is binge watching. <laughs> anyway, but the, <laughs> but the fun thing was I was like, aha, I got a different answer. And then I listened to episode 247 quarantine TV time 
And Jacob had already mentioned Lost in Space, but I didn't, so I'm using it. Okay. That so this uh, started in 2018, currently two seasons, 20 episodes. Uh, it's TV PG, like it's, it's pretty clean. And I know that because I watch it with my two older kids. And the first season ended on this big cliffhanger, but thankfully we had the second season to right after that because, you know, it was Netflix. We, yeah. we were late to the yep. game. And then the second season also ended on another cliffhanger thing. And I'm like, ah, I just want to know what happens because I am involved with this, with these characters now. I've grown to really like this series. So the plot, after crash landing on an alien planet, the Robinson family fight against all odds to survive and escape, but they're surrounded by hidden dangers. Uh, which is the same plot as the TV ser- original TV series, which is the same plot as the movie. It, you know the story, but you get these new characters. Like Molly Parker's Marine Robinson is a fantastic lead. Yeah. I really like her as the mom of the ship. I still haven't seen it. Oh, it's fun, Ken. Yeah. Ooh, and this, is, this is one I think you should definitely should watch. With the kids? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. With, yeah. I was going to say, a little scary parts it, but nothing too bad. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Parker Posey is uh, Dr. Smith is one of the funnest characters. Cause my kids, I feel bad because they've only seen her in this, really. And they no winning hate. for Guffman yet. Yeah, they haven't seen that yet. They hate Parker Posey. They saw her in another movie. I don't remember what it was. They saw her and they're just like, oh, I hate her. And I'm like, no, no, we like Parker Posey. Yeah. <laughs> just not in <laughs> She's that an show. indie darling. Yeah. Because yeah. she's kind of the villain in the show. There's a, a wonderful connection between the boy, Will Robinson, and his robot friend. Mm-hmm. I just, I really, really got into this. And uh, I think Sam Ma watches it as well. And so we were, we were chatting about it. And... I really want to know how it ends. And I believe this is, they're going to get it for the third and final season. I think they were clear. Netflix does that. It's yeah. like three seasons and done. If it gets to that point. If it yeah. gets to that. Like, and that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried they're going to end the third, the third season on the cliffhanger and then they're and not then going to just die. Yeah. But they did say third and final season scheduled for a 2020 okay. release. So it's coming. So we'll have a conclusion. That's great. I oh, sure hope so. Yeah. And I agree. I think it's a phenomenal movie. And the robot is really cool. And like, yeah, that whole interaction. Yeah, they I changed think it's done a lot. Really, yeah, it is very different from the original, yeah. right? Lost in space. But it's done very well. And I feel like in a way to not make it feel like a cheap knockoff, right? It does kind yeah. of feel like its own thing. They're, they it's own a lot more, being a It's a lot more grounded. In, it's a lot more darker and, yeah. and gritty. But oh, I mean, like, a, yeah, I said that just so Kent would get in. Yeah. But it's not like a kid. It's still kid or family friendly, I should say. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. So now let's go with the one that's the best miniseries. So this is a show that is not a multi-season thing, but rather, let's say, just one season, if you will, but uh, a set set of episodes and then it's over. Kent, what do you have? This is one of the toughest ones for me, and I have some guilty pleasures, personal favorites. A lot of recent shows have been miniseries. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I've mentioned Fargo a lot, and that's a miniseries anthology series. So I didn't really want to use that this right. time. Yeah. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with best, not favorite, but I really love it. It's Band of Brothers. That's a good. Ooh, that's one. a good nice. One. So this one came out in 2001. It's an American war drama miniseries about Easy Company in World War II. And it's really, really harsh. I didn't actually watch this one till probably 2014. Like I waited a while. Yeah. Mostly because Saving Private Ryan for me is like, I have to be in a very certain mood to watch it. Yeah. Once every 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's only 10 episodes Mm -hmm. and you get to know. Feels like a lot more. Yeah. You get to know these characters and it's ugly. I mean, it's a beautiful show to watch. But it shows the but what happens of war. is yeah it's the horrors of war and yeah I waited a while to watch this one and it honestly I, I own it but I've only seen it one time because it's once again 
you have to be in the right mood. Yeah, you're not yeah. gonna be like a Saturday night. Ah, they're gonna throw in some Band of Brothers, <laughs> follow up a Pacific, <laughs> order a pizza. <laughs> yeah, death is cool. It's fine. But yeah, Damian Lewis is in here, and he plays uh, uh, Lieutenant Winters, and he's it's such a great character. And then the cameos that are in this too, it's almost fun. Oh, yeah. And when I first started watching this, I'm like, oh, war stuff. This is like something my dad would have watched. Yeah. But then it, it caught me because I'm like, oh, there's Michael Fassbender. Oh, David Schwimmer in this first couple episodes. I hate that guy. <laughs> James McAvoy. Of course, I freaking love James McAvoy. Yeah, Simon yeah. Pegg's in here. Mm-hmm. And, and Tom Hardy. Just so many great people right before they got famous. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's fun to see. But it's also yeah. the story and the characters and that it's it's a true story. It's fascinating. Best miniseries out there. Um, this one was difficult for me because it feels like there's so many good series out there that could have been considered a miniseries, mm-hmm. but they kept going. Like they, they liked it so much. Like uh, Broadchurch could have been a miniseries. Yes. They're like, oh, a great a one series. season. Let's do a third series. Yeah. And so it's like, it doesn't feel like it. Or like Sherlock. It's yeah, won awards true. for best miniseries, but they keep going with Interesting. it. Yeah, I mean, okay. you can argue on each season being its own miniseries, I yeah. guess. But. To, um, to me, a, a miniseries is a one and done kind of thing. It's yep. like we had a story to tell. We told it. We're done. Yep. Uh, and that's why I obviously picked Anne of Green Gables. I'm kidding. A- Anne of I'm kidding. Yes. It's Anne of Bambalee. Yeah. That's what I'm drinking. No. That's a great one. Pride and Prejudice. Almost. That is a miniseries. I know that is. Yeah. And Pride and Prejudice almost got my vote, but I did go Band of Brothers. There well. we go. No, I, I, I realized looking through mini, best miniseries of all time as I was looking through lists and things like it's that. like Thornbirds. Roots. I need to watch more miniseries because I do like self-contained stories. And a lot mm-hmm. of these, like I remember John Adams kept popping up. People love that it's one. It's a great one. And, and uh, there's a couple others that I kept seeing the name pop up and I'm like, I got to watch it. I just haven't yet. So my research actually drove me to be like, I need to see more miniseries because Band of Brothers is a great one. Yeah, you want to watch Chernobyl, don't you, and be uplifted I, well, by that like story? Like Band of Brothers, is that uplifting? <laughs> it kind of is, but it, is. it drags you through the mud first. Yeah, I feel like miniseries are really easy to write off as this like, oh, it's kind of short, I can watch it later, mm-hmm. and then you just like, when you finish whatever you're watching, you start something else, and you just you just skip over them really easily. Yeah, right. It's so. weird how I used to think of miniseries as so long, and then like we're binge-watching entire seasons yeah, of TV yeah, series, and we're yeah. like, oh, yeah. Okay, so my choice is actually Chernobyl. Ah, okay. 2019 HBO. I purposely have been waiting on that because I haven't been feeling that heavy, and I don't want to Kay. in the past year and a half. So here's the thing. I waited on it, too. I literally just watched it. It's probably been two months ago now. Okay. Um, you just stopped crying. Jared yeah, Harris in this show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, so, so if you don't know... It's mm. a dramatization of the Chernobyl incident in Russia. A nuclear reactor broke down. I guess it's technically in Russia. It was Soviet Union at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, it it's just well done. It is a dramatization, but it's very historically accurate is my understanding. Okay. Um, a lot of it is they are telling real stories. Almost everyone in it is a real person who occur, you know, who was actually there. Um, they kind of give that at the end. They show kind of like continuations of those people's lives. Is but it it's, building up to and the after effects? So, so yes. Uh. Um, it actually really surprised me because it starts, the whole series starts like the very first second of the first episode starts when the reactor explodes. Oh, and, and I I kind of had expected it to start, you know, and give some preamble, right? Right. So it starts inside the control room and like the room is just finished shaking, right? From the explosion. And it kind of goes through there. And then at some point down the road, probably like episode three or four, you jump back to prior. It just goes through. There's so many things that I didn't know had occurred, you know, during all of this Mm -hmm. kind of shows the Soviet Union really trying to keep things under wraps, really highlights the culture of 
of hiding information in the Soviet Union at okay. the time, right? Um, they're trying to suppress things. They're trying to suppress the severity of it when it occurs. But beautifully done. Shows, you know, before, shows all the after effects. I mean, they went to huge efforts. I mean, like ripping out all of the trees and turning over the dirt for like thousands of square kilometers oh, wow, around okay. it to yeah. try to, you know, make sure that they were covering up the radiation that had already leaked. Um, you know, all the things they had to do to try to get the fire to stop. Once they stopped the fire, it was melting down into the groundwater. Right, right. Loads of people who lost their lives, you know, trying to help solve the issue. Very depressing. It is an HBO show. So yeah, it's, HBO it's, Max. it's graphic. Yeah. So if you're not into gore, make sure you watch it with, you know, VidAngel or something like okay, that. Deal. But yeah, super awesome. All right, let's move into our final category. The one that had an unbelievable plot twist. I think we have to throw There's the been, spoiler out there, don't we? Yeah, if we've mentioned the title, know that we're going to we're going to spoil something from the movie. Yes. Yeah. From yeah, from the TV show. That's what I meant. <laughs> uh, Joel, what do you have? I have to go with Lost. Mm, I, I, I know I bring it up far too often on this Unbelievable uh, or far podcast. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> and it, and uh, it's just a moment. And the way the show works, it, it's all about these survivors of a plane crash on this island. Mm-hmm. And what happens is you just, it starts off with the plane crash. And then you learn more about each character through a series of flashbacks. And then down the road a ways, uh, there's an episode. I don't want to get into two specifics. Season three? End of season three? Maybe. Okay. But there's an episode where it does a flashback and you see these two characters meet in a parking lot and they start talking. And these two characters should not have known each other, you know, before the plane crash. You know, you've seen their stories, you know, and you're like, what's going on? And they're they're sitting there talking to each other. And all of a sudden, one of the characters says, we have to go back. We have to go back. And you realize this is not a flashback. This is a flash forward. They had gotten off the island and it was... It was just this moment of my mind was blown when all of a sudden I realized this was a flash forward. And I could not believe what I was seeing. There was huge discussions in the office after this. Everyone was talking about <laughs> it because no one saw it coming. And it furthered the story. It, it didn't like cheapen anything. It didn't change anything for the worse. But it, it just made well, this mythology. If nothing else, it rejuvenated the show for me because season two was hard. Season three, it was hard to know what was under what was going on. It's hard to understand. Yeah. And then this moment was like, I'm back in. Yeah. It's like, how did they get off the island? Like, why did they have to go back? Like, it was this whole yeah. thing where I just, I don't know. That moment gave me chills. And even just talking about it now, I'm like, yeah, I got chills again. Because just seeing him yell, we have to go back. And suddenly realizing what's going on. Fantastic moment of television. That's why I chose Lost. That, it's sacred to you. One. It is. Yeah. It definitely is. Okay. My choice is Mr. Robot. Oh, um, which I am. Are you going to spoil it? Well, I won't spoil okay. it because uh, I feel like I feel like I feel like spoiling it is just too. It's rude because it rips away a lot of the magic. Um, so I am actually still currently watching it. But the first two seasons, you know, already have they, they kind of have this pattern that's happened a couple of times now. So there's probably been easily about three or four times where where they kind of like pull the rug out from under you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've you know audibly gasped when things happen because it, you know, like, so the very first happens probably around like episode seven or eight, you get a rug pulled out from under you where they've led you to believe something is going on and something is true. And you're like, you're learning what's going on. You're getting all this backstory. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden in all of about like three seconds, all of a sudden you realize 
it's not true. And, and you know, something is totally different than what they led you to believe. I like and that we talked, so we're going to spoil stuff and we're still just like, I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did yeah. the same thing. Yeah. It's just, I, yeah, Ooh, I just, I want to spoil it, but it's, it's so good to experience the first time because yeah, they just totally ripped the rug out from you and you're like, what is going on? And so I was already kind of hooked. And after that very first time where they pulled the rug out from under me, I was sold. And is it still good after that? Twist? It is still good. I mean, okay. and, and they kind of like, cause you're just like trying to wrap your head around this. Is it still going through the next couple of episodes, you know, and it, and it really changes how you're perceiving even what you've already done in the past. Right. So now you're going back and like replaying in your head, wait, how did this actually, you know, what was actually going on when I was being misled? Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, it's really good, which I also, I'm a software engineer and the show actually is in, in Hollywood and in TV shows and all of that. Like when people are like hacking, Oh yeah, I'm almost in, which I didn't really give a synopsis on it, but it is kind of this group of hackers who are, you know, in this kind of secluded group. Um, they're trying to bring down a big corporation. It's called E Corp in the show. It's basically like a mega Google, Apple, Facebook all mixed together kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, and they're trying to mega Goop, take Google, them Apple, down. Facebook was my band's name in college. <laughs> we got <laughs> I sued. Feel a good like, yeah, sued a lot. I'm sure. Yeah. Especially since, you know, Facebook was probably just brand new then. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they... Yeah, I mean, it's just a really good show. And they and the big thing about it, yeah, for me is they had the technical people on the shows advising what was actually real, what made sense. They went to like hacking like conferences and stuff like that to get ideas, the show writers and the actors. Um, and so, so they actually play out the technical side of it relatively well, which is fun too for those of us who are on that side of it. Um, and so, yeah, it's a really, really well done show and plot twists are abound in it and are really good. Okay. Nice. All right. I just actually, while you were talking, I added that to my watch list on VidAngel. Nice. Okay, which is also probably should caveat. You probably want to VidAngel it because it is TVMA. There's a lot, mostly gore, but mostly gore in a hacking show. Yeah. It, I'm into it, that. It gets a little, it gets a little bloody. Hacking? There, there is obviously. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Dad joke. Yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not saw, but. Okay. Uh, okay. But yeah, it, and there's some language, but it is very well done okay all right can't finish us up what's our last one i really wish i wasn't the last one here yeah yeah. (laughs) so let me take you back to 1999 i uh was finishing up high school and there would be a lot of times where i ditched class and i'd come home and i'd watch some daytime tv and you know when maury povich wasn't on which was a personal favorite there was a little show that happened to air right after days of our lives and it was called passions what What? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad and you were last. <laughs> wow. So passions, which ran from Ken likes his stories yeah, from 1999 to 2008 on NBC and then finished on direct TV. We can all look back at the age of soap operas, which are still kind of going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they definitely had their heyday from the 70s up until I would say the 90s was kind of when people stopped really taking them seriously. But passions has 2,231 episodes in its run. Wow. And each of these were 40 minutes long. I don't know why I started watching this, and I really think it was because of the preposterous plots. Mm. And because we know what to expect from soap operas, right? They're they're having a conversation, even though the same person is in the room, Mm -hmm. and they take multiple episodes to have this one conversation, and it's always, it always ends on a cliffhanger, every single episode. But Passions added supernatural elements and the most ridiculous things like, for example, 
in this town, there was a 300-year-old witch named Tabitha, and she had a doll that uh, was named Timmy. And Timmy, she could bring it to life, and it was a little person that uh, would they would terrorize the town. In fact, they were responsible for the sinking of the Titanic. Oh my gosh! Wow! I know, I know, pretty crazy, right? Pretty yeah. big twist. Early on in the series, it actually got in a lot of trouble because there's this main character Sheridan, who I had a huge crush on. She was friends with Princess Diana. They kind of set up this friendship, and this was after Princess Diana had died tragically. And so she, Sheridan... I just looked at a picture of Tabitha and Timmy. I'm kind of disturbed right now. You've never seen or heard of this show? (laughs) No. Oh, man. I I would tell you to watch it, but where do you start in 2,000 episodes? For reals, though. So anyway, she Wherever you want. (laughs) She, in this early on in the first season, whatever seasons are in soap operas, she had the same car accident in the same tunnel that Princess Diana had passed away in. In the show, and the ghost of Princess Diana urged her to stay alive. This show got in a lot what? of trouble. Oh, yeah. And this show is all about relationships of like, will they, won't they? And they're ones that you root for. And of course, they never get together. But you want them to soap. I wanted them to so bad. By the way, I continue to watch this through summer because I, I could just wake up and watch Passions, which was amazing. I watched it through some of college as well. But there was a character named Charity who was like a good witch. There's like prophecies that she will destroy Tabitha, the witch. And so Tabitha helped everyone try to kill Charity. In fact, they, she uh, actually, her closet became a portal to hell and demons pulled her through and pulled her into hell. She eventually got out because she's a good witch. But like every time you think that someone is going to last and someone's going to get together, there's like a zombie that comes in or, <laughs> you know. What is this show? Yeah, for no, a, a soap opera. <laughs> at one point there, uh, there was an older woman who was being taken care of by a nurse. And this nurse fell in love with the, the handsome guy in town. But the nurse was an orangutan. And uh, so this, there was a orangutan that you had... say the nurse was an orangutan? <laughs> yeah. Had secret, secret fantasies about Luis. And so... What wow. is happening I'm right like now? so lost. Oh, you want to hear something weird too? Yeah. So Timmy, who plays the, the living doll in the show, like he was having some medical problems. So in the show, they killed him off. And they said, maybe because it's a soap opera, maybe in a six months we can bring him back to the plot. He died the day after they killed him off in the episode. Oof. Like Can't, in real life. Yes. Uh, he didn't die the day after. He Is it died, the day of? He died as the episode was airing. Stop ac- it. According no. to this. You want to hear something crazy? There's a too? whole section. It's, it's real voodoo. There's a too. whole section called on uh, Wikipedia called uh, eerie deaths on passions, like real people who've died. Did, you want to read the other one, too? No, no. You go for there it. There was another guy who plays like the grand patriarch. He's the like overlord of the town. And you never uh-huh. saw his face. But you know, he's like kind of like a. Uh, the claw on Inspector Gadget. Okay. And everyone hated him. There was a plot to kill him on the show. And so all these characters were trying to kill him. And in, in actuality, he drowned like the same week that they ran this plot line. And so they had to recast Whoa. the character and everything. It says once again, uh, on Thanksgiving Day 2004, Bailey drowned in his pool just as scenes were airing where various characters tried to kill him. Supernatural elements, Tabitha. Yes, I'm hearing that voodoo is occurring so in this So for show. me... Because, yeah, a lot of voodoo, yeah. but it's like the poltergeist curse. Yeah, for real. And I'm sorry to end it this way, but I just remember watching this, going, "Kent, 
what are you doing with your life? Why are you watching the show? <laughs> and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I have to watch the show again. That was the coolest twist ever. Here's the thing. I mean, I don't know how you beat orangutan nurse for, you know, <laughs> you don't. for, for plot twists. He's got a so, point. So, you know, I think you win. So for those weird culty fans out there that have seen Passions, please reach out and let's talk about the show. <laughs> wow. Kent, that was bizarre. Yes, Zach. Can, can we just talk about your list for a second, buddy? <laughs> we've, got, we've got Late Night with Conan. Great. Classic. Uh-huh. The Simpsons. Great. Breaking Bad. Yeah. Dexter. Band of Brothers. And then we have The Bachelor and Passions. <laughs> I'm in touch with my feminine side. He was, he was I'm building vibing his with Gilmore twist. Girls. Backyardigans. No, Come on. <laughs> The backyard. <laughs> Backyarding is great. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> wow, Braden. Thank you for bringing that to our attention that Kent is a psychopath. <laughs> um, we, we let us know on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter uh, what your uh, interest in these categories. We, we enjoy hearing from you. We want to hear what TV shows you like. And maybe I can, you know, add some more to my playlist. Yeah. I, I, my watch list because I want to see more shows. Braden, is there anyone you'd like to give a plug to or a shout out to here at the end of the episode? Uh, yeah, shout out to my wife for listening to Bacon Cell with me and you know enduring Thanks, all of that. Thanks, I, the first episode I made her listen to was the Ghibli episode, which I love Studio Ghibli. She does not, ah. so luckily she powered through to another episode and nice. the Disney you know bracket won her over the Disney Heroes bracket. All right, and then also plug to Nate Peterson who introduced me to the show, and nice. so awesome. yeah, it's his fault Thanks, that I listen. So yeah. <laughs> We appreciate you, Nate. We appreciate you, Braden, and uh, Kaylee as well. Thank you for being here in the episode. We really do appreciate it. Speaking of appreciation, we'd like to give some of our appreciation to some of our patrons in a couple different categories, including the I Am The Listener tier, which includes Adrian Gray, Lady Terry A. Finley, Sean Sanquist, Just Plain Old Kyler, Alicia Bass, Braden Winterton, Chris Drought, Jennifer Kukowski, Adam and Rachel Crump, Plot Twist Media, Babs, Glowclan Daniel, and Allison Gall. Then in our Bacon Council, we have Chris Anderson, Nicole Deke Hale, Go Knights Go, Ryan and Marley Farron, Mots, Stephen Ross, Her Royal Highness Jessica Terry, our favorite couple, the Madsons, The Shadow, and Reverse Listener. Thank you so much, patrons. Thank you, patrons. You're awesome. But if you want to find something a little less awesome, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter, or you can find me performing with QuickWits, which is awesome. Uh, they perform every Saturday night at the Midville Performing Arts Center. They're back on stage. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, it's ShowtimeShowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at TumblingMustard. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale on social media. Go ahead and like that Facebook page, and then you can go to at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram. It's a lot of fun on social media so go ahead and interact with us there and then while you're doing that stop by tpublic.com slash bacon sale where you can get yourself some merch you want to rep bacon sale if you want to be a walking billboard for this show and uh yeah. you know maybe someone will go what's a bacon sale are you selling bacon and then you're like no it's this cool local podcast yada 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 tpublic.com slash bacon sale and then if you want to support the show further uh you like what's going on here and you want to show some love you can go to patreon.com slash bacon sale where support starts at just three dollars a month and you can get bacon bits where we talk about all sorts of weird stuff uh, and then other you know, behind the scenes things, you can get uncut episodes, you can get Joel's notes from time to time. And then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, every once in a while, we'll post like a video review or something. So patreon.com slash bacon sale. So until next time, after these messages, we'll be right back. It's the dairy sound. 
One sec, Zach. There's a giant spider in this Joel's room. Gonna die. Do you want me to get I, rid of it? Do you want to kill it, or are you comfortable with it? I can't. Well, I, I'm fine with it, but <laughs> it's up to you. It's right next to I you. I think it needs to die. <laughs> Zach, sorry. There's a giant spider. <laughs> it like I like watched it run all the way along it the window sudden, sill. I'm talking, and our our eyes go. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, were you so thrown off about what's going on? <laughs> It literally was like ready to eat Joel alive. How did you feel when I was like, hold on, hold on, there's a giant spider. Now I feel like it's fingies on me. Yeah, see that? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to crawl all over you. Oh. We're going to we're going to be like we're going to be like mid episode. Ted's going to mid Joel says it's calling its dad. Yeah. <laughs> if that thing has a dad, I'm worried about the size That's of the dad. Don't talk to me or my son ever again. <laughs> All right. It's back. It's back. <laughs> Spiders. Third sin. I'm sorry. I sinned again. We're done. Now what do we do? Joel, okay. he needs a girlfriend for... <laughs> People are going for their therapists <laughs> to talk about the end of Game of Thrones. Okay, okay. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? Save right, the cheerleader, yeah. save the world. The return to innocence. That, that, what was that? That's was that, that uh, ancient, uh, ancient yeah. lamentation music. <laughs> this one for Golden Golden Globe. I'm gonna go flirt with these girls. This is gonna be freaking awesome. And I missed out on these opportunities to cuddle and watch The Bachelor and yeah. reap the rewards that, that brings. Oh, I just need more of this drama in my life. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Zach Cruz was barking, and there's a giant spider. Cruz. Matthew is so divine. Mm -hmm. Ah, Lady (laughs) Sibyl. The Dowager Countess, every time she was on the screen, it was awesome. And I cannot believe I just said that sentence. What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to (laughs) make a talk. I get it. It's about Jesse. Saved by the Bell is your Snyder Cut. Where's your passion level on this one? Up here! Give me Pushing Daisies! I don't know how you beat orangutan nurse. I get. I gave you a segue, Zach. You could say, "Speaking of appreciation." Speaking of appreciation, we'd like to give some appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that's not cool, Joel. I'm sorry, you set him up for failure. <laughs> no, I did.